Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking Killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Man, how's everybody feeling? You know, just water winging. Just got one water wing on. This is my favorite imagery you ever say all the time. <laughs> when you have one water wing on your arm and you can't really swim very well and you're just kind of surviving, you're mouth is half out of the water, half in, and you're just gasping for air, holding on paddling, to your life. Paddling with one hand in a circle. Constantly. Yeah, in a circle. You're not going anywhere. You're just, it gets a little worse, and then it gets a little better, and then it gets worse again. <laughs> anyway, movement uh, is not linear lately, definitely. Nope. These are getting shorter. <laughs> <laughs> on the plus side, our days are getting shorter. <laughs> They're only, I mean, I wasn't thinking that it was a plus. I was just feeling real sad. There's less daylight. It's not as warm. Oh, I thought you were like, <laughs> on the plus side. On the, no. the silver lining is that our days are getting shorter. <laughs> no, no. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's already be so morose right off the bat, you guys. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. We hope everybody's doing okay. We hope you are able to apply for the government funding if you need it. And, ooh, something I was really mad about this past week. Oh, what? Who? Did you see that government fucking oh, the, ad? the fucking British one where they're like, the ballerina is going to retrain for something in cyber. Yeah. Get out of here. Who fucking approved that? I don't know. What? Are we just like, did they, did we just... At what point did everyone just decide that we didn't need people to be artists anymore? And right. that we, they need to retrain and relearn and rethink. Yeah. So you're never going to watch a movie again. You're never going to watch TV. You're never going to listen to music. You're never going to like... You're never going to share a fucking TikTok again of someone dancing. Yeah. You're never going to go to the theater. You're never going to want to listen to music, listen to a podcast, read a fucking book. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. That is the most... That might be one of the worst pieces of ad made ever it's so terrible it's so fucking insulting mm -hmm. it's rude it's just so capitalist mm -hmm. it is the dumbest thing i have ever seen in my entire life yeah and i was so angry when i saw it i feel like that is like what pushed me over the edge this week we should, like new segment things that really pushed us over <laughs> Pushed I'm into it. In the pool, the water wing is. <laughs> this is what we're circling in the deep end this week, yeah. you guys. <laughs> it's this stupid fucking Fatima ad. Ugh. Poor Fatima. God. Yeah. It's also like, it made me mad for those reasons, and it also made me mad that to think that like, an artist is only that one thing that they do. Mm -hmm. It really shows that whoever approved that, whoever made it, has no idea what it takes to be an entrepreneur in the arts. Because you are your own fucking business manager. You are your own fucking mm. finance person. You are, have to do everything. Also, like, the artist that clearly put that poster together. Oh, yeah. How Designers do that. Yeah. Like, ugh. Do you think that while they were making it, they were like, this, this sucks. is terrible? Do you think they even thought about it? I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, that was really what pushed me off. Yeah, photographer took that picture. Yeah. Ah, fuck. That's what... Stock imaging, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. <sighs> anyway, that really pushed me into the deep end today. Or not today, this past weekend. And um, it was great. 
it was great. You know, it wasn't. It no. was terrible. <laughs> so we hope you guys are recovering from that absolute insult to your career path. Mm -hmm. And also, like, let's remember that we're all not just unemployed. Right. But we're also, like, we are being told that we can't work right now. Yes. I, that's. It's not that we don't want to work. It's not that we don't want to do what we have been training and built our lives around. Mm -hmm. We are literally told we're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Yeah. You are not allowed to exist in the way that you have trained. Yep. It is not your fault. You've not done anything to deserve this. Yeah, and like, do you think that we're just being lazy? Is my question to people that like, it, that made this ad. Do you think that we're just being lazy? <laughs> do you know how many fucking Zoom rehearsals or recording rehearsals I have been to in the last six months? Do you think I enjoy teaching and dancing on Zoom? No. Fuck off. It is awful. Ugh. Anyway. Man, I love intros where we rant. These are my favorites. <laughs> The new thing now. Anyway, we hope everybody had a wonderful week and and get some good news this week. Yeah, today's guest is absolutely wonderful. Uh, Sammy Rawl. He is just so so lovely. Mm -hmm. He's excellent at what he does. Go to his website, watch some of his stuff, and be just so in awe and inspired of his art. Yeah, the music videos he does, the stuff that he directs is like phenomenal and he does a really amazing job at advocating for his community mm -hmm. yeah and he's wonderful and he's a gem let's get going here we go uh my name is sammy rowell i'm a music video and commercial director digital artist and dj um i'm just gonna check the camera posture is really bad today one more time because i have anxiety about it all the time yeah, the first that's time it's my uh you know it's always me i'm like is this recording right yeah i'm also the least technical person so oh, I'm like, are you really yeah like, oh fuck yeah i'm like i'm like the worst really yeah <laughs> i assumed you'd be all like super tech savvy because you're yeah. no like no. on set i'm like literally like that thing and they're like a tripod i'm like yeah they're oh. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. I'm oh, I think that pictures. you would know like all the tech terms. Because no, I'm terrible. I also, my background is in photography and so I should know like lenses and shit. Right. And like, show me. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just... Cinematography at Ryerson, right? Photography. Oh, photography. Yeah, yes, at Ryerson. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we have, we have like stress because the first time we tried to film, uh, it just like recorded for 28 seconds and then stopped recording. Fuck. We were like, yeah. Did a ghost come and just like, Quit yeah, like, yeah. What, <laughs> gotcha. what the fuck happened, you know? Yeah. It was a cable issue. Yeah, it was a huge cable issue. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Lesson learned. Yes. Yeah. I, like, uh, watched so many of your things today. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah, this morning. <laughs> I watched Philadelphia, and I was obsessed with it. Oh, uh, the Elton so thing, beautiful. yeah. so beautiful. Thanks. Really, really nicely done. It's, like, also very colorful. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, that was sort of, like, a fucking weird, not weird, but it was a dream job. Very unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Why was it unexpected? Um, just because, like, I mean, Elton John just seems like very different <laughs> from what I do. Right. But it was cool. Like his his team hit us up directly about that, and um, they were like, "Let's let's do this." And they gave it the whole like, the whole backstory of the whole song and stuff. Mm -hmm. Kind of puts the color palette and stuff into context and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. It was just it was a cool thing yeah how do you because you've shot so many big time for big time companies like lulu equinox cardi b 
uh, Elton John. Are these like contacts that you have? Do people reach out through Instagram because they see your work on there? Or is it like a little bit more through agencies? It's up until recently, it's sort of been through my agencies. Mm -hmm. um, but more recently, I'm like realizing sort of the power of, I'm like not a big Instagram person. I kind of like have this weird aversion of putting myself out there. Like I, I like the idea of putting my work out there, but not right. kind of being like a bit elusive in this kind of thing. So I don't know, just recently, a lot of my jobs have come through Instagram. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is, I mean, it's probably like a really obvious thing, but like, oh shit, there's, there's like sort of some power in yeah. This whole social media thing. Um, but yeah, it's mostly been through agencies and also just like one job was sort of like, for example, um, Tanisha Scott, who's Cardi's creative director. Um, she's also this fucking legend choreographer from, from Canada originally. And so her and I have known each other for a few years now and just through various jobs. Like she choreographed the Elton job. Yeah. Um, and then when she started creative directing for Cardi, that's how that job came around. So it's right. kind of this like weird little domino effect of yeah. people I might meet on set or might work with and then it sort of parlays into right. different jobs down the line. Yeah, it's interesting because there's like such a theme to your work, I think, with like the color palette and how like the movement is shot and even like the cuts. So I find like a lot of them are like within the theme of your work and then it's these like big stars who are like using, using that, which is really like lovely to see. Thanks, that's so nice to hear. I mean, like I, uh, most of this, most of my recent stuff I've been sort of editing, editing myself. Ooh. But I'm not an editor by any means. Like, I don't right. know. Again, like, I'm not a technical person. And so it's literally me with a bag of weed <laughs> just getting really stoned and, like, playing around. And right. I'm, I'm kind of realizing that's, that's sort of, like... Kind of what editing is sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of part of the creative process. Totally. I always feel, like, really um, embarrassed about the way I edit because I guess, like, there's, like, a conventional way in workflow, but I just sort of made up my own shit. Right. But it kind of like, I don't know, it's sort of, it allows me to kind of inject right. a bit of myself into totally. a finished product, I guess. What yeah. is that method that you work in? Like, what is, what makes it non-conventional? I mean, um, I guess, I guess a lot of sort of the industry standard, for example, is working in like Adobe Premiere or like mm -hmm. Final Cut. Yeah. And I just use this thing called After Effects, which is sort of like a finishing program. Mm, interesting. But for me, like my background's in photography. And so the interface of After Effects kind of reminds me of Photoshop. So in my weird fucking brain, it just sort of makes sense that mm. way. And everyone's always like, yo, like you can, if you use Premiere, it's way easier. And I've tried, I'm like, what? It's, I don't understand. I know. Yeah. What the fuck? All I don't Adobe get it. programs are not easy. No. They take like it's a really big learning curve. Yeah. They if you don't know shortcuts, if you don't know what things are called, it takes fucking forever. Totally. Mm -hmm. It's whoever tells you Adobe is easy is lying to you. Yeah. I mean, I will say that like there's like I mean there's Photoshop and like InDesign and After Effects, mm -hmm. which are like sort of in my wheelhouse of right. like I know that shit really well, but fuck like Premiere and like no, this is not easy to do. So and people are pissed that like Final Cut's like iMovie now too, right? So yeah. it's, it's all like a little bit. I mean, I just started using because I bought this camera. I just started using uh, DaVinci Resolve. Oh, look for coloring and stuff. Is but that they do the whole? They do all of it. Oh, cool. So like DaVinci Resolve 16, it does like 
You can do, obviously, your editing in there, your video editing, your sound editing, your coloring, and your After Effects all in the same program. Oh, no way. And it's coloring software is so much better and easier than Adobe. Okay. So I should check that out. <laughs> you should check it out because you can download it for free. Yeah, You I get love the that. whole thing for free. Yeah. You don't have to pay 50 bucks a month like Adobe. Yeah. Um, and I watched one YouTube tutorial that took me through each section. The whole thing was 35 minutes long, knew all the shortcuts, and was like running with it. Yeah, see, that's, that's sort of the ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it was so much easier. Also, like, this camera shoots in its own codec, so I like had to do it, but mm. it's also like was just so, the workflow was just so much better. Right. There's and no better feeling than like sort of like learning a new skill set all yeah, of a sudden, right. being like, yo, like I. I fucking did it. You know, I've seen from Matrix where like, <laughs> They just like, like, she needs to learn how to like fly a helicopter. And they're like, one sec. And they just like upload how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> like, yeah, I wish I could do that. Yeah. yeah. But you have like mastered a lot of skills. Like you do a lot of things. You DJ, you do the Yeah, directing. I mean, I sort of like to be creatively busy and stuff. But totally. I just always feel like, not that I'm not doing it right, but I'm like, I always do things my own little way that, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to other people, but right. uh, I don't know, it just sort of makes sense in my But brain. it seems to be working, <laughs> right? I mean, like, knock on wood, yeah, hopefully, yeah. so far so good. Yeah. I mean, um, so you're a DJ and you, can you talk about Yes, it's Yes, Yes, Y'all? Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Yep. Can you explain what it is? Yeah, so Yes, Yes, Y'all um, was a party I started with four friends about 11 years ago, fuck. When I say that, I always feel like a fucking old, old, old person. Um, we started 11 years ago, and it's a queer hip-hop dance hall party, um, a monthly party, I mean, pre-COVID, um, that we sort of made to obviously be like a fun dance party, but also sort of create spaces for queer POC in the city. Um, like 11 years ago, there wasn't many spaces in the city for, for queer right. POC. Um, and so yeah, we just kind of created it and it sort of snowballed into this thing that kind of became a bit of a, a city institution, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. And yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's sort of, I like to think of Yes, Yes, Y'all sort of working in tandem with my film yeah. stuff because with my film stuff, I mean, like, I'm super inspired by music, obviously, and and with DJing, it's sort of your beat matching, and with my edit process, I'm sort of, like, taking that same principle of, like, rhythm and tempo and pacing. Right. And sort of... So important in music videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and sort of, like, I approach my edit always sort of with a sort of a, a musical framework. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and also with Yes, Yes, Y'all, they're sort of, I mean, by nature, it's all about, I mean, let me back up. So what's cool about Yes, Yes, Y'all is that, I mean, I don't know if this is the case anymore, but in Toronto, there's always that sort of preconceived notion about Toronto being like the screw face capital of the world. And so if you'd ever go to like a hip hop party, in Toronto, there'd always be like dudes around the side with their arms crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and like women dancing, but like it'd be this weird energy. No, mm -hmm. nobody dances in Toronto. No. Unless you But yes, yes, y'all, everyone's fucking dancing. Right. If right. you're not dancing, you're like literally the only person. Right, right. 
And so through that, I mean, I've always been into dance and body movement, um, and specifically street dance, but Yes, Yes, Y'all sort of introduced me to a lot of street dancers in the city. Um, so in a lot of ways, Yes, Yes, Y'all sort of like really has helped with where my film career has gone, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I should say, yeah. at DJ parties, people dance, but you like go see live music in other venues in the city oh, yeah. and nobody dances. Yeah. You know? yeah. Everybody's like standing by the stage so with their drink awkward. and they're just like yeah. kind of like moving. You're like, what the fuck is going the on? Is like that, the I Dakota, think, yeah. the Cameron house. Like. Yeah. I know. It's so <laughs> weird. I mean, I've, I've been, I've been guilty of that too, but then the second you like take a step back and assess things, you're like, this is kind of whack. Like super. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. no other city's like that. Like, Montreal's not like that at all. No. Um, Montreal, like, yeah, Montreal is like, everybody's like always moving and doing Montreal's stuff. Montreal's kind of the yeah, opposite. Like, even if it's like, like not, you know, yeah. you should maybe just chill out a yeah, little maybe, bit. Maybe you should just stand for a <laughs> Take it down a few notches. <laughs> Only 9 p.m. while you wild out. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you guys haven't run anything since COVID started, obviously. As yes, yes, We've, um, we did have our 11-year anniversary in... Um, in March, actually. Yeah, so sort of right at the beginning of the lockdown. Um, and obviously we couldn't have sort of, mm -hmm. our anniversary parties are sort of our one of two big parties of the year mm -hmm. that are being pride. And uh, so we didn't, we couldn't do a live party. And so we teamed up with Club Quarantine, mm. um, which I don't know if you guys have heard yeah. about Club Quarantine. So we teamed up with them and we did a, like sort of an online virtual, cool. um, 11 year anniversary, which is kind of cool. It was actually, it was really cool. I mean, I know everyone's over like Zoom parties yeah. now, <laughs> um, but at that point it was sort of like this new thing and right. it felt cool and can yeah, you, so. Can you tell if like people, of those kind of events are like well attended or people are enjoying them? The virtual stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you can like kind of see the attendance and okay. like, um, I think they cap off at like 500 people. Oh, wow. So it's not, it's not, like, a, it's not like a huge party, right. okay. but yeah. um, like our, our monthly party, her big monthly party is sort of capped off at like a thousand people. Right. Um, and so oh, it, was, it was very different in a lot of ways, but right. it was still kind of cool. I mean, it kind of reminded me of um, the first parties we threw. Um, like 11 years ago, we used to throw Yes, Yes, Y'all at a backpackers hostel at like King and Spadina, the north west corner. What it's now it's a, like a bougie coffee shop. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course it it's, is. It's like super <laughs> like. Oh, yeah. is it Quantum Coffee right there? Yes. King and Spadina? I think that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> what is yeah. it? Quantum is right there. Oh. There used to be a hostel. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it just kind of felt like those first parties, we, we had like no expectations. Right. And we kind of felt the same way with the club quarantine thing. Right. Um, so I was just able to kind of enjoy myself as yeah. opposed to like being concerned about the little like, right. you know, logistics of it all. And, right. Yeah. Um, you talked about like 11 years ago how the village, it was like there was not a lot of spaces for LGBTQ POC. Um, would you say that's? it's gotten slightly better now, but not to the degree that it should be. Uh, in the village specifically? Yeah, or in Toronto. In Toronto? Just, yeah. I think in Toronto generally, for sure, yeah. definitely. Um, I've always like, 
I, I realize the importance of the gay village, mm -hmm. um, but I also recognize sort of the lack of diversity. The lack of diversity, and also just like the lack of not that it's not important anymore, but it's sort of like it's not this this essential neighborhood that that queer people need per se especially like this like new generation maybe like the older generation sure but um i know when i first moved to toronto that was my first sort of experience going to gay clubs mm -hmm. i'd like been in like the the rave scene in, in vancouver in my teens and obviously was immersed in that queer culture like sort mm -hmm. of like counterculture and that kind of shit but coming to Toronto and going to like Woody's for the first time. I was like, this is not, this is not what I want, where I want to be. And like, no. there's literally no one here that looks like me or, right. or I feel comfortable with. Just, it felt very, this, this, this kind of weird thing where you're in a space that's like on paper, like made to make you feel comfortable, but right. actually makes you feel so much more uncomfortable. Yes. Um, Especially because you you weren't born in Canada, is that right? Or you were born I was born and raised in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. I yeah. just thought maybe I misread that. Yeah. Yeah. But your parents are from? They're from Africa. They're right. East Africa. Yeah. And so um, I'm from a very like diasporic background. So my parents are of Indian heritage, but um, their great, great grandparents immigrated to East Africa. Right. Um, and so my parents, I so saw I'm essentially like a child of this kind of diasporic migration. Right. Um, and I think that's sort of also giving me a lot of inspiration for the stuff I create now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I read that you had like an incident happen during Pride somewhere when you were DJing with like in the village. That's why I asked you about the, the village being oh, lack of diversity. That, uh, like, what is <laughs> yeah, yeah, What yeah. happened this uh, time? Yeah, that was years ago. It was, um, it was for Pride. Um, it was Pride Sunday. And Pride Toronto had generously booked us, yes, yes, y'all, to um, yeah. play sort of the main central stage right after the, the, the parade ended. Right. Um, and we were heckled by a group of white older bear dudes mm. who were like super aggressive and were saying like shouting at us from uh, the audience or from like the right right up front like basically shouting in our faces oh, while right. while one of our friends um isla who is who is part of yes yes y'all she's djing um he's like super aggressive like big bear dudes telling us to go back to the cultural stage. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Love that. And the fucked up thing was that um, some like press caught wind of it. Mm -hmm. I think it was like Now Magazine or some shit. And then Pride Toronto banned us for two years. What? what? Not fucked. That's super fucked. They didn't ban us, but they didn't book us for two years. Weird. Why did they when they so did they send you an email and they were like you weren't being asked? It, it was never it, it was never acknowledged. It was just sort of a there was no acknowledgement. There was no like we heard what happened. This is what we're doing. Oh, I you know, expected them to like apologize. 
It was fucked. It was super fucked. Um, and I, I remember BlogTO did an article about it. And like blog, I don't know if BlogTO is notorious for like really fucking trolly comments. Yes. Yep. And, and trolly headlines and like yeah, like all clickbait, right? Real bad yeah, right yeah, yeah. All the trolls came out. Yeah. All the fucking white homophobic trolls came out. Whoa. Um, like white racist homophobic trolls. So, yeah, it was super fucked. Wow. And oddly okay. enough, uh, one of the comments was from a guy who claimed to be one of the men that heckled us. I don't know if it was, but he he was surprisingly like like. Like I've, I'm so embarrassed. That was my, that was me and my friends, and like we should be ashamed of ourselves. And I was like, is this really you? <laughs> or your tones changed a lot, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like so interesting to me that, I mean, this is like the issue we've been talking about also with like Hamza and like other um, people we've had on the podcast lately about like the lack of um, knowledge that the village can also be like there's a lack of inclusivity within the totally yeah. like for pe like people of color for yeah. like black bodies for like yeah. you know, anybody that isn't a gay lesbians like man. You know. I, I will say that in my experience white gay men are possibly the most problematic oh yeah of yes. people second to white straight men oh i struggle with this all the time especially with like as a dancer yeah because we talk a lot about like male choreographers getting like you know it's everywhere so like obviously choreographers in like a primarily female like, dominated industry industry there's like more male choreographers yeah. which is like the numbers just like don't really add up and we talk a lot about it like in seminars about how when like a straight it's actually really problematic because a lot of choreographers will put dancers in like really sex or like really sexualized bodies and it's problematic when like white straight male or like straight males do it but i find it actually even more problematic when like gay men do it because it's yeah. not in like an idea of like love and infatuation it's in like objectivity totally, totally. which is like makes it so problematic because they like a white gay man don't really see in their eyes like that that's the issue they a lot of the response from like my experience has been like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. Because I'm not like sexually attracted. I'm not sexually attracted to Totally. It. But then you're just like objectifying our sexuality and not yeah. letting us like experience yeah. our bodies. You're just like doing this thing because of how it looks or yeah. how it reads. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's uh, even just like, like sort of trivial things like sort of the the appropriation of language like mm -hmm. so like my a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of my friends are from the ballroom scene in new york for example and like just the way that things like rupaul's drag race for example has sort of taken mm -hmm. a lot of that sort of the lexicon from that subculture and like bastardized it and like kind of made it proclaim it as their own mm. you know i don't know it's just stupid things like in ballroom, there's a move called a dip, which yeah. is sort of a punctuation point in in a sequence of movements, and a lot of like white gay guys call it a death drop. Yeah. And it's like, but dog, that's not what it's called. Why are you calling it that? Mm. Like you've 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 taken all the shit, and now you're like kind of. You think because you're in that, even though you're not in that subculture, you're in the larger culture of right. that thing. So you have the yeah. yeah the 
It's almost like a privilege. You're, to, you're like, it's like totally. a privilege. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah. Nature to like go into other cultures and other subcultures, like you said, and take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you kind of like are on this, like, you're kind of in it, but like you said, but you're not really in the Right. Because like ballroom is this, but then like yeah. gay culture is like the larger umbrella. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So. Yeah. I live yeah. in the village and I like know exactly what you're talking about. Like I go out for coffee in the morning and it's like, just older gay white men yeah i go out and like the only time you see like younger people are like going to the clubs but then they're from the university yeah it's like walking up from ryerson totally you know which is fine but how long have you lived there for i've lived in that area for almost five years now so you've probably been able to like kind of sense a little bit of a change and like yeah yeah it's so interesting yeah 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 i don't know um, I mean, I don't go out often in the village because I don't feel welcome, you know? <laughs> that's that, and that's also fucked, yeah. though. Yeah. It's like, that's your neighborhood. It's, should... it's where I live. It's my neighborhood. I also, like, am in that, like, under that spectrum of LGBTQ. So it's, like, weird that I don't even feel. Yeah. But, like, very, like, straight passing and very, like, yeah. don't feel welcome, you know? Yeah. I think it's, like, a very, uh, it's it sort of retain that very sort of binary for a very specific mm-hmm. type of person. Like there's no there's no lesbian clubs on Church Street. I remember like or back the in the day. Or I the know, city. it's fun. <laughs> I remember back in the day they used to have a, 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 club, a bar called Slacks, which was a lesbian bar that I had Slacks, I a remember. monthly residency <laughs> at, which I love. Like people call me a lesbro because like most of my a friends lesbro. are lesbians. <laughs> um, and I loved it. That was like my favorite place to be. Right. Um, and it just, fuck that there's there's these like this lack of space for for people that are not white and gay mm-hmm. yeah what at that bar can i ask was it was it mostly like white women or was it like it all was, types of i mean it, it was predominantly white women but it was way more diverse than yeah woody's or any other like gay man club or bar right. on that street there's mm-hmm. different body types different mm-hmm. ages like a real spectrum of diversity mm-hmm. um which was so nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and they also had this rule where men couldn't come in unless they were accompanied by a woman and that. so it just filtered out Sounds like, like oasis. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great i missed that place wow thank god for glad day at least yeah, yeah. Glad Day's doing something good. Yeah, yeah. We used to throw a party there, a monthly party um, called Jelly, which is sort of like a world base Afrobeat party. And that was fun. Just like the whole idea was sort of trying to bring sort of that yes, yes, y'all vibe mm-hmm. to Church Street. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in a very sort of smaller scale mm-hmm. approach, but. Um, yeah, I think I think what they're doing, just like culturally, is fucking awesome. It's very different than any other bar on that street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and people like I think people know that and recognize it. Yeah, well, like, it, I think town. it's like the, the oldest queer or LGBTQ bookstore in the world. Yes, or North America, the world. I or think something. the world. Wow. I think yeah. it's like yeah. So they have like a bunch of different spots all over the place. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the the history of it is really cool, and also the um, the lesbian and gay archives just off of Church Street. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Gloucester. 
that's a fucking cool place to go to because they've just like archived so much cool queer shit, specifically Canadian shit from, I don't know, like the past like 70 years or something. Oh, wow. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you, like, you do this Yes, Yes, Y'all, and you're also directing so much stuff and DJing, would you say that Yes, Yes, Y'all is, like, one of your, one of your favorite things, or would you say, like, out of all the things you do, is it something you're the most proud of? I'm definitely proud of it. Um, I think what, what the five of us have managed to accomplish in 11 years is amazing, but I will say that I don't love DJing. Really? Not really. I don't. I'm. I'm so, such an introvert that I. Um, has that changed, or is that like always been the case? I think it's always been the case. When I was younger, I was down to like party and like right. get shit faced and like do drugs <laughs> and just like have have like that type of yeah. a fun time. But now I don't. I mean, I don't. I smoke a lot of weed. Right. I don't do drugs. I don't drink a lot anymore. I think my, my priorities have changed a lot and I'm really focused on the film thing. Yeah. Um, and also just like, I don't love, I've never loved attention on me. I'd rather be sort of in the background creating mm-hmm. as opposed to like doing this performative thing. Like, Tell me right. why you're like such a good director. It's because you're like focused on what the, the actual performance is. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like I, 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 I've never loved sort of being in confined spaces with tons of people and I'm really good with like a couple of people or like one-on-one in small groups but the second there's like maybe like more than 10 people it's not that I'm shy but I'm I'm just like I'm happy to kind of just fall back a little bit and like listen and observe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm always present but I'm just like don't yeah I just don't love what comes with DJing. I still mm-hmm. love music and I still love like, I have a DJ set up at home that I still mm-hmm. play around with. I love that aspect of it, but the late nights and like sort of the lifestyle that comes with DJing, I'm kind of not into anymore. Right. And if anything, the lockdown sort of like pushed me even more into that mm-hmm. thing where I'm like, my social anxiety has like, fucking gone in the past few months I think on account of not feeling obliged to like have to go out every fucking Friday night or every Saturday night Mm -hmm. and you know so probably like gone but also like heightened because when you are in social settings now it's more like (laughs) yeah 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 stimulus overload yeah Yeah. (laughs) right god um so we talked a little bit about how you got certain gigs through your agencies and through uh, Instagram. Can you talk about like the bidding part of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way that um, I guess music videos and commercials work is that usually um, a record label or ad agency will approach my rep um, with a project right. or like a video that I take their brief and then I sort of walk away with it and sort of extrapolate and elaborate on that and kind of inject my own ideas into the sort of central 
brief they have, the creative brief. Um, but it's a fucking like pretty brutal process because it's um, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. A lot of my treatments I write um, are sort of like pretty, pretty dense things. I know, I know a lot of directors like do like two pages and like, mm-hmm. like done. Right. Like, no. I've, Are you like storyboarding and like? I do it all. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm such a visual person that I have to make it look amazing. Right. And I don't know. I just like kind of like, I fucking go in with my treatments basically. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with the whole bidding process is that you're bidding against various other directors. Right. Um, and a lot of times you're bidding against directors that you always bid against. And so oh, yeah. I had like two or three like arch nemesis that <laughs> I always <laughs> bid against. And and it's sort of it's a it's a it's sort of like a competitive sport in a way where yeah, it's sort of like hunger gamesy where yeah. like it's you just have to fucking right. win that battle. And oftentimes you don't. Um and so you spend all that time bidding and sort of putting a lot of creative energy into that concept that never sometimes doesn't come to fruition mm-hmm. and you don't get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of this like it's heartbreaking on a creative level level and then also heartbreaking on a fucking monetary level where you're like, yo, I just put in all that work and turned down all this other work. Uh-huh. And have nothing to really show for it, so it can be it can be quite um, devastating. Uh-huh. There's there's been a few big jobs that I've lost. Um, basically, how like with commercial jobs, there's the ad agency will recommend a director uh-huh. based on the treatments uh-huh. to the client, and usually when you're the recommend, you more often than not book the job. Uh-huh. But there's been a couple of times where I've been the recommend and I don't book the job. And it's like, it sends you spiraling. Right. But that being said, I think I've like sort of learned to just kind of obviously like feel all the feels, but you kind of just have to get back up and keep at it, you know? Yeah. Is there a way for you to like take that creative energy or that creative idea that you put into one job and move it to a different, like a different client? Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, Definitely. There, there's mm-hmm. times where like if I don't book a music video, for example, I'll sort of store that in the back of my head and right. maybe revisit it and like kind of... If, it's, if the client's right, of course. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, there's always that, but yeah, yeah. It's, it, it always sort of like I spiral for like two days. <laughs> the spiral, man. It's, yeah, I'm a fucking sensitive person, you know? <laughs> like, I hate to admit it, but... I think most yeah. artists are. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, right? It's If you're not, like, putting a little bit of yourself into the work, then it's not as risky. Yeah. And you're, you're not going as big, but then you're also losing just as hard as you are winning. Yeah. 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 It's sort of that thing where, like, I guess it's, like, you have to kind of let yourself be vulnerable, you know? <laughs> creatively vulnerable to mm-hmm. fucking assholes that don't know what they're talking about. Right, because it's like ad agencies yeah. and fucking marketing people yeah. and like CEOs and it's like business people yeah. who are not seeing the same thing that you're seeing. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. 
Stan, but you're not the fucking barometer of coolness. So <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. The old white men that run the world, you know? I also think I feel like that's changing though. It is. I do feel like there's like a zeitgeist happening where like, you know. Yeah. It, it's sort of, I can feel it. It's changing. I agree. Mm. Yeah. Like in terms that the people that are making the decisions are more like hip and now. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think just like from like the top to bottom, I think there's like, there, there's more sort of like, um, um, what's the word I'm trying to think about? Um, there's more representation in like, yes. in sort of, the groups or the people or teams that sort of make these creative decisions. Right. And even like that Equinox job I did, for example, or the, the, the first Pride camp I did for them last year, um, what was really fucking cool about that job was that um, I was allowed to sort of insist that we work with only an all, all queer POC or female crew. And so everyone on set from producer to PA was either queer, POC, or a woman. That's great. So fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 You work with like a lot of fitness people, like a lot of fitness companies. Yeah. It's sort of like this, like, I'm really into like sports and like mm -hmm. fitness and I, yeah. I have like sort of a background in competitive sports growing up. And okay. so I think that also kind of works with yeah. uh, this sort of competitive world, but, um, yeah, you work for soul, soul cycle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did a, a campaign for Lululemon and soul cycle, right. um, both problematic companies. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, oh, yeah. that was going to be my next question was about <laughs> soul cycle and like their, well, I mean, this, and this is the thing, right? It's like, Oftentimes, I feel like I'm selling my soul to the devil. These are the big clients. Like, yeah. Probably more than less, it's like the big clients are like these companies that are actually quite problematic. Yeah. Deep down. So they're roots. Maybe not like their image or like people that work for them. Like there's people like good people that work for all these companies. But down to like their CEO and what they like what they put money in and where they vote and where they put their thoughts, it's yeah. like, those are the bad things that are happening. And right? like, because there's a bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm going to try to like navigate this very carefully. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. Even with like Equinox, for example, I'll preface this and say that their creative team is so fucking amazing. There's so much representation on that, that creative team. That's actually was quite surprising to me, given that Equinox is sort of this like luxury gym mm -hmm. that caters to a very specific demographic that right. doesn't really always include queer POC mm -hmm. or like trans POC mm -hmm. or sort of marginalized groups of people. But the creative team was amazing. But I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's like one of the guys mm -hmm. who's like a financial backer. I forget to like what degree, but he's like a Trump supporter. Yeah. He's donated to Trump's campaign, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And then. So Which I'm sure it's hard for all those people that work for her, for them as well. Totally, right? Yeah. Totally. 
but like and it's yeah money and job and security and healthcare yeah. and having yeah and, and, and also on, on on their part i mean like with all that said they fucking did a campaign that celebrates trans women of color yeah right like that's fucking cool so at least they're they're it's like a big they're infiltrating and trying to make changes <laughs> right. and like kind of disrupt that whole that whole scene yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. which is cool but i often it's sort of um this ever this ever going feeling i have where i'm like you know aligning myself with brands and companies that are problematic right but i always tell myself if i'm able to sort of make something that is from my authentic voice mm -hmm. then that's sort of like in one way a form of activism mm -hmm. you know like i always think of activism being packaged in different ways I think like yes yes y'all is a form of activism for example mm -hmm. and i think sort of making content for companies that maybe sort of cater towards a very white demographic but coming from like a poc voice i think that i don't know mm. you know what i'm saying yeah like, well it seems like even like you asking to only have POC queer women on set that's like a form of activism yes, totally right that's I, I, I consider is, yeah. that yeah, yeah I mean like yeah I um you know activism is not just about protesting and stuff it, it, it it's definitely part of that and like taking a stand but you can take a stand in many different ways yeah, yeah. it's kind of like I would say the word protest itself doesn't just mean holding us sign and totally you know it's like i mean it's like shitty as it can be it's like sharing something it's like yeah it's just having a conversation it's, it's yeah whatever it needs to be yeah right absolutely mm -hmm. yeah and making and like creating a campaign or commercials from your voice would is very different than a, someone else that they might have hired mm -hmm. yeah so i i get that yeah mm -hmm. i think and i think i think generally speaking people are pretty discerning with what they watch like we, we live in a time where we're inundated with so much visual shit mm -hmm. that i think we've sort of gotten the skill to kind of filter out the bullshit. Mm -hmm. you know like yes if i've seen so many fucking pride campaigns that fucking annoying straight white dudes in the city direct i'm like but this is so fucking whack because mm -hmm it's obvious you don't you're taking all these sort of like cliches of what you think it is to be queer mm -hmm. or gay or lesbian and making this like really fucking shitty thing that's mm -hmm. like supposed to represent a community that you're not even part of mm -hmm. i don't know it's you know what i'm saying like you yeah, can yeah. always kind of like clock also, it you know also the audacity of that person is just like astounding the to audacity me. of the ad <laughs> agencies too yeah like, right y'all are not doing your work like this yeah. is not if you thought that was a good choice then yeah was, you have some learning to do yeah right. like shame on because it's on each it's on like the person who directed it and it's on the ad agency to like realize that either like they don't have like the brain or like the drive to actually do their research into this yeah you know like it it's on both of them right not yeah it's yeah weird. i think i think like like authenticity is always just in any art form that's sort of what makes things so much stronger is that 
even with dance, for example, like yeah. if you saw um, someone that does brock up, try to do ballet, you're like, that's not authentic. You're not, you're don't, you don't have like the clean lines of ballet. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like, but it also like creates a fusion in a sense, which can be its own thing, which is like, absolutely. You know, as long as you're transparent about totally, it. Yeah. But like if you're trying to like, like we're going to book this brock up dancer to right. do this like ballet piece. Like, we're going to book a model to do beyond point. Totally. Like, yeah. you know, why don't, <laughs> but, right? Like, yeah, why don't you just book, look at all this amazing talent you have that could fucking kill this. Right. Right. And fuck Kendall Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the worst part about that is I don't think she was like, I think it was like within a year, there was like probably like four campaigns that all booked just like models that weren't dancers, right? Like she just, I feel like she got a lot of flag too, but <laughs> I feel like there's multiple ad agencies or like they've just booked models to do dance. And like, we're like, you're going to be a ballerina. And we're going to put you- Have you seen that Alexander Wang campaign she did like on the subway? Yes. Oh, it's so cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? No. It's actually the most cringe when i think about it like i feel embarrassed for her <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna pretend like you're a voguer now <laughs> okay okay kendall yeah i'm interested about like like you like we talked about like is that the idea of the director who's like i have this vision you're gonna vogue but you're a tall white female who grew up in calabasas it's going to be great. Like who, whose idea was it? Or was it like her being like, I've been practicing my Vogue. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm taking classes. <laughs> I'm always just like interested about like, who, who's like, it's, she's responsible for some of it for a taking the job and like being like, this yeah. is not, this is not me. Yeah. But it's also like, who's the person that's like, her, it's like her agent. It's her creative team. It's yeah. like the people who booked the thing. There's so many people that it has to go through and nobody realizes that it's problematic. There, right. there was that yeah. Pepsi campaign she did that yeah. like oh, got, God. that got taken down like a day after. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like literally there's a table of people that sat around and said, and this, all, is okay. oh, this is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Like not one person clocked it and was like, Hey, guys. Who's, at, who's at that table? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I know who's at the table. Yeah. I think we all know who's at that table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yo, okay. I'm like, yeah. wow. But I, but I do feel like that being said, if, if that campaign came out 10 years ago, it would be a different story. It would be a very different story. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now we're sort of holding people accountable and like holding ourselves accountable and I think I think that's sort of where a lot of the change is coming to, you know, just mm -hmm. the way where we're processing stuff and like having these discussions mm -hmm. about, you know, is this okay to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're at this we're at like that place right now where that's happening. And like you said, it's it's good. And I think it'll like I think it's clear that people are sitting at the table that are coming from different backgrounds like you've spoken about. So hopefully yeah. it changes, but people are bound to still make some mistakes, I'm sure. Terrible you choices. Know? Because there's still lots of companies. I think we all involved. are though. Yeah. I think this oh, whole like, oh, yeah, cancel yeah. culture thing, it's like, I mean. Yeah. The I cancel can... culture thing, is, I think. It's adult bullying, I think. It is, because <laughs> it's like, you, there's, there's no, there's no. Discourse. Room for, for discussion mm -hmm. or yeah. like or or yeah. teaching or learning yeah like, hey, like why did you make that choice and then when someone tells you you're like maybe this is like mm -hmm. something you need to think about the next time you make that kind of yeah. decision and they're like oh 
okay, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? And I think people are scared of, like, the defense of it coming back on them, right? Like, having that conversation with someone and then the person being defensive. Right. Which, like we said, is, like, just a form of, like, privileged nature. Totally. Right? If that person's not open to having that conversation to see how they messed up or you make people around you scared to come and have that conversation, that's, like, that's problematic. And it's, like, unfortunately still so many people who have really, like, high positions in this world who feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't. For sure. And that's, like, a different discussion altogether. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you're a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) Not that, like, you made a bad choice and you need to, like, think about the choice that you made. It's more of, like... You are bad. Yeah, you're terrible and get See, the like, fuck out of here. Your vibe's like, off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I loved your work. I like spiraled Thanks. on it today. I like watched everything. On Thanks your so much. <laughs> are, are you both from a dance background? Yes. Or? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a dancer, but I like really appreciate dance so much. And I think I live like here. I think in a past life, this is going to sound really fucked up, but <laughs> I went to a an Akashic soul path reader. What is, you have to explain what that is. Okay, so it's a past life reading. Oh, okay. And so That's I would so never fuck with a psychic. I would never fuck with a psychic because I do believe in that shit. Yeah. I don't want someone like fucking projecting influencing you in a way. their shit onto me. And But if someone's gonna tell me about my past lives, like I'm down. And so to make a long story short, there's this one woman outside of Toronto who a lot of my friends independently have gone to see and she's able to read the akashic records and so like an akashic record or the akashic records are sort of the history of the universe and so she's able to sort of tell you about yourself and sort of themes and issues that have sort of arisen in in your past lives that mm-hmm. might have residual effects on your current life mm. um i know it sounds really hokey but it's fucking amazing she's the truth <laughs> i'm like very and into her she, i'm like tell me her name i'll, I'll give <laughs> yeah, you her contact she's amazing <laughs> um so i went to go see her and the session consists of a half an hour akashic reading followed by an hour-long reiki session whoa um and so she addresses whatever comes up in your in your reading, she sort of addresses an energy work in the second half of the session. And so like my, I've been to her a couple times, but my first time was a super emotionally cathartic experience. Like it wasn't sad, I was just like fucking nonstop crying, Mm -hmm. which is like total emotional catharsis. Mm -hmm. And um, so she started giving me energy work, like Reiki. And she was saying that, that, whenever she like put her hands over my body that she felt the need to like flow and move. Mm. And I was like, yo, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, she's like, she's like, I, she's like, a message I have for you is that, that like movement is really important in your life. And like yes. yoga is really important for me right now. And mm. like, and, and sort of, right. and, and, and movement. And, and I do have like nightly dance parties by myself where I just like shut my door and smoke a lot of weed and just, fucking wild the fuck out yeah. it's like kind of th- it is therapy for me yeah yeah um but i'm not a dancer per se but i i, I just really love dance and just appreciate it so much yeah you shoot it i mean it's some people just don't know how to shoot dance like that's just the thing some yeah. people don't but you shoot dance like i was gonna ask if you were if you had danced in like 
the past. Maybe not. I should have asked if you guys maybe past, past life. life. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe the past life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like some people just don't know how to like find lines of dancers. Like when they direct, and that's like their other, you know, their directors. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone's got their forte. But I feel like you know how to like shoot dance pretty well. So. Thanks. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. I, I think I understand body movement pretty yeah. well. Um, and I think I, I, I sort of lack the technical language of dance sometimes, but just observing like people like Tanisha Scott, for example, I don't know, it, 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 it sort of, it's taught me a lot of things in, mm -hmm. in the way you cover dance and, um, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. Do you feel like when you shoot it, do you, like you just said something that it was interesting. You were saying that you understand how like movement works. So when you're like looking at something to shoot, do you mean like you understand like where intention is going, like where movement intention is happening in the body? I think so. That's part of it. And, but also like on, cause I do, I have started to edit myself, edit right. stuff myself. I think while I'm on set, I'm always taking sort of an editorial inventory of stuff mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, but like if we shot that action from this mm -hmm. angle or like this camera movement, it would cut in really well with doing this mm -hmm. next thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how like this person's body movement, like how this gesture can maybe like cue some sort of moment in camera movement or, you know, just like yeah, it's right. sort of this, I always think of like, capturing dance it's almost like a a, a a duet where it's like the camera's dancing with the dancer yeah, you yes. know mm -hmm. that's so interesting that you say that because that's like literally how i see movement cool. when i'm filming it too i'm like how is this gonna i because i don't necessarily watch something in like a his or um like from start to finish yeah i'm thinking about what points in the movement lead into the next and like how it's going to look on screen yeah and yeah like, edited version so do you do you you film dance stuff too yes then? Yeah, okay yeah. that's fucking so, awesome so rainy night's production company does dance film oh so we have four films now four oh. short films that's so fucking yeah. cool yeah yeah last one is almost done <laughs> yeah. and what, what kind of dance stuff it's contemporary mostly yeah. But cool. yeah yeah there's like some other stuff like I'm interested in like visually that's like less full body movement and more like just from different angles and like shaping. Yeah. Um, but ours is definitely more like contemporary story based, I would say. Yeah. It's been like lots less of visual art. Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rainy awesome. and I choreograph together and then she usually is part one of the dancers and then I direct and do post production. That's mm -hmm. so cool. I want to, I want to watch these films. <laughs> I'd love to see them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've also worked with, do you guys know Noemi LaFrance? She does like site specific, she's a choreographer that does like site specific stuff. She did- Here in the city or? She is now back in Montreal. She was New York based for, oh. for a while, but she did like um, one, two, three, four by Feist. And oh, okay. she did also did that new Feist video. Mm. They have a new video out? Newish from okay. like last year. They filmed it under the Bentley. Oh, it's um, such an. Have you been down there recently? So fucking cool. It's yes. so cool. I was just there shooting yesterday. It's like yeah, it's cool so dancing fucking there. Cool. So cool. Yeah. yeah. With like the chandelier thing and like. Just like the, I just like love the expansiveness of yeah. the space, yeah. and it's just got like so much depth to it. Yeah. And like There's also lots of opportunity in that space for like, like you could shoot on one section just within one area, and it 
looks so different than another. If you shoot in a different yeah, color, right? yeah. it begins the graffiti, it'll just be different. I'm so happy the city did that. Yeah. Thank fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you should do more like that. Totally. Yeah. It's like very like Berlin of them to do that, you know? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we actually threw a party. We threw, um, yeah. our biggest party we threw for Yes, Yes, Y'all was for Luminato. Oh, um, we worked with them last year. Yeah. You did? Yeah, we yeah. did like the podcasting for them last year. Oh, fuck. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We're supposed to do it this year too, but you know. We, we, threw, we threw a party with them <laughs> when they were sort of hosting the whole festival at the Hearn Power Plant. Oh, that I... must have been a couple years ago. It was, it was probably three years ago. Yeah. But the Hearn is sort of like near Cherry Beach, this fucking abandoned power oh. plant. And they, they turned it into sort of like Bergheim, like a Berlin Love fucking that. thing. And it was Ugh. cool. Like... Like, it was so fucking cool. <laughs> if you look at photos of it, they did it really well. The guy, Bjorn, who was like the, the dude who was like running shit for that year, he, he's from Berlin and just had that sensibility. And so he, right. they had like pop-up restaurants in like the control room. Oh, dope. It was so fucking cool. And then like they had um, like live dance performances uh. in this like mezzanine pit that the audience was like around cool. looking down. I love that. It, it was so me, fucking like, cool. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, Luminato does do some like pretty cool immersive site specific work. Yeah. Um, I love that. I do like, I was leaving the Bernheim in Berlin, short story, I guess. <laughs> and I got in an Uber and it was like eight in the morning on Monday. <laughs> and this Uber, I was so fucked up. And this Uber was just like, kind of like, I couldn't really like talk to him because I was like so messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like got in the Uber, like not knowing. <laughs> and going home to like pack to catch a flight probably. Um, he was like, you just came out of here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was just like, it's crazy people. This place is for crazy people. And just like went on his tangent. <laughs> I was like, like mm. you shouldn't go here. It's for crazy people. And I was like, you're like, I know. That's why I went. <laughs> yeah. I'm like doing hand circles. Like don't really know how to respond. And then I like got out of the cab and he was like, you don't go there anymore. And I was like, and I just closed the door and ran away. Yeah, right? oh my God. <laughs> like, oh, the most it's the weird... last thing you want to deal with. It's not the weirdest like so Uber judgy. experience. Yeah, it was so judgy. <laughs> but like, just think how many people he picks up from there, and everyone's just like, like just yeah, like, seeing so, stars. Like yeah, you know. On on my flight to to Berlin, um, I was like sitting behind a bunch of like really fucking annoying guys, like straight dudes that. Wouldn't stop talking Bergheim, and they're like, "Like, yo, okay, like, we got to figure out how to get into Bergheim." Yeah, it's you're so not gonna hard. get. You're it's not so getting get in. Yeah. And I was like, "Want to be like blast? Like, y'all are not getting in. <laughs> like, yeah, save yourselves the embarrassment. Like, save yourself the five hours in line. You're not getting yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Also, just like go alone. That's probably your best chance of getting yeah, in. Yeah, don't if you're like go a in your little gaggle of in fucking polos. Like, no one wants to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They were like, they're like, okay, we got to dress like really nice. I'm like, nope, no, 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 you don't. You're actually doing all the wrong things right now. <laughs> Take like, your chucks, throw them in mud, and then maybe you'll yeah, make sure you're in all mud. make sure you're in all black. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe some sort of mesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta, you can't wear your polo yeah. to this club. Ugh, that's sweet though. I didn't know Luminato did that at that power plant. It was really, really special. And actually it was um, 
our party was a, happened a week after the Pulse nightclub shooting oh, in Orlando. Yeah. And so we had thought about maybe canceling the party because we were oh. like, you know, is this like insensitive of us to keep mm. doing this? And like, is it yeah. safe for us to be doing yeah. this? And then we, we decided to still do it, but we had this whole like, really magical moment of silence at midnight mm. and like 2,000 people in this abandoned warehouse, all quiet. And I don't know, it just really, special. it's a really special night. Wow. I also did a lot of drugs that night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was that person, I was like, You're like yeah. spiraling. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay, we have our last question. Okay. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Depends what day it is for me. <laughs> yeah. There's that, there's that, there's that um, what's that Charles Bukowski quote? Like, find what you love and let, let it kill you or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I always think about that because in a lot of ways, like, for example, the past week and a half, I've been working 16-hour days at my studio mm -hmm. and, like, going home to sleep and, like, barely eating and, like, just not not being healthy and just feeling like... I'm dying, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. But then on the other hand, I'm like, but I'm getting so much done and I, mm -hmm. I'm making so much stuff that yeah. I feel really good in this one way. So it's, it's just sort of this like weird mm -hmm. balance for me where it, like in a lot of ways, I think, I don't know how sustainable it is for me to be doing 16 hour days for two weeks straight, but yeah. I also love what I do. So mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's this weird thing. Do you guys know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like, oh, 100%. Yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, I feel like sometimes when you have weeks or months like that, you need to take like six months off after. Like yeah, but I, then I also find it so hard to gear down. Like yeah. after I've wrapped these jobs I'm on right now, I'll have like, you know, maybe a week of just downtime, but it'll probably take me a week to kind of... To acclimatize. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you'll be right back in it. Mm -hmm. Right back into it, yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, gearing up and down into it is, is like what I find hard. Gearing back up into it after like you come, like I know I've done it before and I know what it's like, but then getting back, you're just like... It's together. so fucking hard, yeah. 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 And so I, I, I think I operate the best at that like just frantic <laughs> stressful <laughs> all the time thing. Yeah. yeah but i but i think i think that's what what like yoga and stuff sort of Sometimes helps to um balance out yeah yeah some sort of movement practice and like movement meditation practice is like highly effective totally mm -hmm. yeah i um uh, one of the things that going back to the akashic soul path reader <laughs> um she was saying that one of the messages that my spirit guides wanted to give me was that meditation has always been a huge thing in my previous mm -hmm. lives. Um, and so she gave me this mantra. So during, <laughs> this is so like embarrassing to talk about, but during this Reiki <laughs> session, I was like fucking in a different place, like just in a different place. And she could, she was like, at one point she was like, I can tell, I can tell you're somewhere She's like, I want you to remember where you are right now. Because whenever you meditate, I want you to always come back to this place. And then she started chanting this mantra she gave me. And it was like, it was the fucking craziest thing. 
Whoa. And so ever since then, I mean, my, growing up, my dad, um, my dad's not religious at all, but he was very spiritual. Mm. And so he'd meditate every morning. And I think, yeah, I'm slowly trying to integrate that into a daily practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, probably good for like those busy days as well when you just take 20 minutes in the yeah. morning and the evening to just, like we said, ramp up and then ramp back down. Totally, yeah. yeah. I shot I shot LeBron James right before lockdown and he's sort of the face of the Calm app. You, oh. know, like, you know, like the, the meditation app? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah, so, no. yeah, and I, it was like, it was so interesting. I'm like, oh. Is he a calm dude? He's a very grounded. Ooh. grounded guy yeah is he transcendental meditation i don't know what type so i i want to get into like, that me too so yeah I literally i talk i talk to isn't it a cult no no it's not it's not, it's not. <laughs> no it's not if you read about it it's so interesting well, it's, it costs a lot of money to get into it, it no it doesn't no you don't have to pay to get into it you just like what's the one that costs like 1300 dollars? like that's this this one but it oh. doesn't you know you're not like paying to be in a cult you're paying to like get the training to learn how to meditate which okay. like i think we all everybody should learn people are always like yeah i meditated today what the fuck does that mean how who taught you how to meditate right yeah. like it's like a yoga practice or like a dance practice where like you have to teach your mind how to meditate and transcendental okay. meditation i think is like a very specific way yeah which i'm very interested to like the effects of it and how it like how it like helps your i'm just like so intrigued by it a lot of my mentors and sort of people like my my childhood idols for example mm -hmm. they all practice that form of yeah. meditation and so i think there's like i always think that if, if something has been used for millennia Right. by tons of fucking people mm -hmm. there has to be something behind it you know like totally. some sort of truth in there yeah, 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 yeah. i'm so i'm so hesitant of like this idea of like taking a pill to make yourself feel better I, and i understand yeah. that like for some people it, it that's what needs to happen like there's like a, ke a chemical imbalance and yeah, like but sometimes it's an easy solution right yeah but mm -hmm. i want like for me like i'd rather just like figure out what the source of that is mm -hmm. and deal with it directly as opposed to like just ingesting yeah. something but I agree yeah. yeah interesting I mean I started therapy for that reason so <laughs> that's, that's so healthy yeah. yeah yeah I used to like when I was in my teens used to be on antidepressants and I was like this is not this like for me it just wasn't the right thing no you know I don't I never wanted I just felt like this flat line mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sort of stifled my creativity. So how long were you on antidepressants before you realized it was like no born? Like probably about three or four years. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think but I think I sort of the older I got, I sort of managed to get coping mechanisms mm -hmm. that I didn't have when I was younger, you know? Totally. Yep. Um and it's fucking okay to be sad sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I mean, I had so many friends on antidepressants when I was in high school. And there's something interesting about it where, like, I had one friend who we knew she needed to be on them all the time. But it's a weird time for, because I feel like often that's when um, people start their antidepressants is in high school. Mm -hmm. And often it's just hormone imbalance. Yeah. It's stress. And it's also not good because that's when teenagers are drinking, probably, and, like, starting yeah. to experiment with drinking. Yeah. And you're not supposed to be drinking on And relationships, and there's yeah. so many different things that are happening. Like, so, like, so, sometimes, yeah, it is a chemical imbalance, and you do need something to, to help you because, like, 
you know, sometimes it's it's hard, but also like it's a weird time to just like be immediately prescribing 16 to 18 year olds antidepressants. Also when we know? know that like you're not fully developed until you're 25. Yeah. Right? So yeah. just to like medicate in between that seems, seems like pretty it's, irresponsible. And yeah. it's going to like affect how you develop. Yeah. And like how your brain your changes. Yeah. For sure. Totally. For sure. Yeah, I think uh there's a whole business behind that shit, of you know? Course. It's like big pharma. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Everyone just needs to microdose mushrooms. Yeah. Microdose acid. Smoke weed. Do yoga. And be fine. Meditate. <laughs> yeah. Go get your Akashic soul path reading. So get like some Reiki things. and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Do those five things. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. Done. Uh, but so wait till you're 25 to do any hard drugs, probably. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. Sure, Why Corinne. Not? Yeah. Just let's, be responsible. Let's pretend you know? that's what. That'll be like small print, like <laughs> yeah. the bottom. Please yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much. This thank was you lovely. both. So lovely yeah, thank you so much. It's just so fun. So nice. It's so nice to talk to like like minded creatives. You know, I, I love I love that. So. Thank you. It's like cathartic talking to other artists after being in quarantine for a while. Yeah. It's just like really. I will say that I'm excited to see what kind of art comes out of quarantine, though. I think there's like, it's going to be obviously a moment in history. And I think there's going to be so much cool shit that comes out of this like one year of yeah. fuckery. I'm you excited know? for the cool shit, but then I'm also expecting there to be some, some bad shit. Uh, of course. I think there's going to be yeah. like patterns. Yeah. I read this very interesting article um, by a dance columnist in New York, the New York Times, and they were talking about how, like, they're specifically in dance, but I'm sure in, like, all it's, you know, for all forms, it's crossable. Um, but how, like, after big moments in the world happen and how it's affected art and how, like, certain patterns happen within the community. So for contemporary dance and dance, like, after the Twin Towers happened, for, like, three years after, all of the art pieces and all of the dance pieces had like similar motifs of people like looking up and being oh, like affected by something. Wow. So I really think that there's going to be like a lot of motifs of like trapped, <coughs> um, like motifs of like technology. Like yeah. I think there's going to be yeah. like yeah. definitely phases of like different columns that people are doing their art in. Yeah, yeah for sure. To see a couple of dance films where there's like a film between the dancers and they're like trying to reach each other through this like mm. elastic like a barrier kind yeah. of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. and it's yeah. like but it's like stretchy and like plastic so they're like can like push into it and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that'd be cool it's interesting mm -hmm. anyway thank you so much thank you Yay. Thank people want to find you where can they find you um i mean my instagram sammy rowell it's my name um website sammyrowell.com <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't really use twitter and shit but yeah i guess cool great yeah and then you can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all of the things. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And talk to you soon. <laughs>